right, all right. Welcome, welcome to our podcast. None of our business where everything is our business, guys. We're going to get here to the nitty gritty, down to the best thing, yes, sir. to the worst thing. You get me? The truth speaks volume, guys. This is where it's at. My yes, name is sir. Gabe. I come from the 305. My you name is Samir, know. coming from the 615. Let's go. So today, you know, starting off the podcast, a number, our number one podcast. Uh, we have a great uh, guest today, tonight. Um, uh, one of uh, a man highly respected on my behalf, uh, someone I look up to, a great leader spiritually, a great leader at home, a great, what can I say? So many words. like Man a, of God. A man of God. So uh, let's... Uh, Give a round of applause for our pastor, Andy Arguez. Yes. I hear that. that road pastor Mike going, clap. <laughs> That's funny, man. Thank you for having me, man. This is this is dope, man. Just do it, right? Yes, Let's do it. Yes, right. Well, my name is Andy, and uh, I come from La Sabuesera, the <laughs> 305305 Tres Leches, Miami, Florida. <laughs> and, uh, man, now we are in Atlanta, Georgia, man, and uh, yep. it's been an adventure, to say the least, but... Um, I'm excited, happy to be here, man. I can't wait. Let's do this. Yes, None of our sir. business, but it's it's our business it's tonight. Our business tonight. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. So, uh, like I said, someone that's uh, been respected in my life for a long time, uh, Pastor Andy. I know him actually since I was like eight years old. A jit, a jit, literally. <laughs> Pastor Andy was probably like when you were eighteen, probably pastor. I started, yeah, I started pastoring really young. Yeah, a young age, young age over there at uh, the church we were at. Um, and uh, literally, I was mentored by one of his elders yeah. in the church, uh, but he was one of my role models growing up. Um, I yeah. paid him to say that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a role model for me growing up. And, you know, um, you know, I left Miami back in 2007, 08, uh, moved over here. And, but I always stay connected, you know, either following him on social media, whatever that was. Um, and then, you know, one day, just, you know, God brought me together with him again. Yeah. Him and his wife. Someone that also, uh, that I shared uh, uh, moments at the church. Yeah. Was one of the leaders under under his net. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just, but Pastor, just tell us about you. Full circle, man. I was yeah. born and raised in Miami. And uh, young age, parents split up, mm. uh, really affected me at the core didn't know it was going to affect, but baseball kind of came in. God used baseball to really kind of be a, a, a driving force to help me stay focused. Uh, but it really hurt not having dad around, not being able to, you know, have that family where you have a father and a mother, you have that love, that affirmation. You know, my dad was out in and out and whatnot. So uh, baseball became that feeling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, since I was like four or five years old, uh, for 14 years playing ball, traveling teams, and just kept growing and getting better and better. So my dream was to be a major league baseball player. Wow. And I was on my way, man. And, uh, but all that baggage and all that hurt from growing up, that rejection caught up to me in my early teens where, you know, the devil started creeping in and little by little started doing all kind of crazy stuff outside of the four walls and the streets, friends, and, you know, many near-death experiences. And it's actually what brought me to my knees is hitting to the point where, you know, if you ain't going to listen 
you know, the easy way, you know, you're going to have bullets going past your head. And that's what I had to live through to kind of cause a shockwave to go through me until I got to my knees and I cried out to God. And I'm like, yo, if you real, I, I, right now I need you because mm. I should have been dead tonight. And honestly, I just feel like taking my life for how depressed and sad I am inside. Wow. Nothing's filling me, drug, women, clubs, nothing is, nothing is satisfying this void. So you got to be real. It's either you or not, nothing at all. And that night, you know, my life was radically changed when the love of the Father came into my heart, ripped out the pain. I had my encounter with God in my room, and I have that first tear going down my cheek. My heart was so hardened. But God became so real to me, man, that I literally went from day, from night to day, like dropped everything, friends, the, the, you know, the drugs, everything in this world, drop it overnight and instantly caught on fire for God. And not everybody has that experience. Correct. I was fortunate enough to have that experience, and I never looked back, man. Just been a soldier following Christ. That's crazy. So when you say that you know you were in the streets and all that stuff, were you just involved with the wrong crowd, or was it like a gang? Or I mean, it's like I, it's a wannabe, you know, because yeah. I'm a baseball yeah. player. I gotta have good grades. Yeah. I gotta uh -huh. be able to you know put the front in order to be a major league baseball player. Mm. But the influence starts drawing you in. And three or five is so easy to get influence in the wrong way. Yeah. And so my friends, cousins, you know, people around were rolling with, with gangbangers, were throwing up flags. So, you know, I, I would be with them like one day, you know, one in the morning throwing up flags with another gang. And I'm just caught up in the middle of the mix mm. selling stuff, you know, and one thing next led to another and, you know, have bullets going past my head and jumping yards and, you know, helicopters and cops and all that kind of crazy stuff. So I got that low, you know, when I didn't have to get that low, but yeah. really it, it was, it was a setup for the enemy to kill me. Wow. Do you think the biggest factor for you was not having a father leading you to oh, 100%. all those things? 100%. The majority of people that go to prison are fatherless. Yeah. Uh, majority of issues in marriage and in, in life is a fatherless generation of hurt, insecurity, not knowing how to be a man, not knowing what it is to be a man, and trying to follow people in culture that try to show you what a man should look like. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know? Was it hard when you came to Christ to accept God in heaven as your father, since you didn't have a father. The thing physically. was, my encounter with God that wrecked me was the encounter with the love of the father. Like that okay. became so real to me that I'm like, dang, my I have a father that loves me. And I began to forgive my natural father. The anger and the hurt started coming out. And that was one of the greatest evidences to me besides seeing Jesus coming in, into my life, visibly encountering the man named Jesus. But the love of the Father went so deep, it ripped out so much hurt. I'm like, dang, this love is better than anything I've ever tried. Ain't Correct. no stank ball, ain't nothing. You know what I mean? Ain't no turkey legs, ain't nothing that's been as good as this. Yeah, correct. And I think, honestly, in my case, you know, some guys like, oh, I never had my father. But even even having a father, you know, it gets to the, like, when I was growing up, I mean, my dad was always working. Yeah. Like, I Yes, I had a father, but he never gave me that love that I needed, that affirmation. Of the course, he didn't. Connection, that yeah, that connection, time. because you know his father never did. So I grew up not receiving receiving that from my father. So when I did find Jesus, that was huge. And the thing is, I blamed my dad for so many years, yeah. and it wasn't until later in life when my grandfather was about to die that he explained to me how his father. Um, died when he was young, when he was like two. 
Wow. And then he left Cuba when my dad was young. So my dad was raised without his father. And when he did come to the United States, his father basically had him stay outside in the trailer and had some relationship problems. So then, then it comes to me. So it was a, it was a generational curse. Mm. So I was mad at him for not knowing how to father me when in reality, he never even got fathered himself. Yeah. So that's why we're going back to a fatherless generation. Thus, we need encounters with our Heavenly Father. That's right. Big time. It was a, it was a generational uh, passing of that fatherless in your, in your family. In my family. Yeah. And, and I think culturally, it's... It's, it's big. It's, it's I mean, a, you a see big, it now. It's a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> you see it now with all the, um, you know... I mean, let's, let's, gender, let, let, let's be real. Yeah. A, a lot of the situations going sexually where people are confused, a lot of it is rooted in fatherlessness and identity and yes. in, in growing up in, in molestation and different things that later, you know, the, the, the saying is, I grew up that way. I was born that way. I just realized it later. No, you did it. Yeah. You know, that's either a curse operating or along the way it creeped up rejection, hurt, pain. And now we, we put a mask on it and we call it, you know, this is just another gender. Yeah. You know. Correct, correct. And uh, so, uh, what did so you were born in Cuba, correct? <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, born whoa, in Miami. No, I'm not a Marialito. <laughs> my, oh, my dad okay. did come in the '80s. Okay, okay, okay. But I was born and raised in Miami. Okay, awesome. I'm Americano, brother. <laughs> oh, right. What hospital? I'm a gringo. Wow. Jackson. 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 Hialeah, right here. Let's Hialeah. go. Jackson. You were born bro. in Miami too? Yeah. No, I was born. Yeah, in Hialeah Hospital. Okay. Nicaragua. Nicaragua. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. My- <laughs> <laughs> I see no pastor. <laughs> Yo, Miami is like little Nicaragua. Bro, did you see yeah, what's going on in Miami? That people are literally like swimming with the sharks, bro. <laughs> yeah, did you see that? Yeah. Like, cars are floating, man. You know what I mean? It's crazy. What's is there, going on is right there now. a hurricane coming in? It just rained for like six, seven hours <laughs> straight, and like the planes, everything's flooded. Like cars are just stuck in the middle of the water, like yeah. like never before. Crazy. That's crazy. But uh, one of the talking, going back to what he had said about you know, people, you know, their gender now. Uh, what do you, what's your opinion? I'm not sure if you heard about it. It just happened with Mike Todd. Mike Todd, you, you going, you coming in hot, huh? Oh, we, we coming. The whole introduction is over. It's over. <laughs> Forget all this. I was saying, I go, I know. Cafecito Cubano, no. Bro, man, let me tell you something. Um, I love the kingdom of God. Like, I love Jesus and God's people. So I'm not the type of person to put a knock and knock down on the body of Christ because if I'm hitting my toe, I'm hurting. If I'm hitting, you know, my 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 right eye, I'm hurting. It's my body. It's his body in this case. And so we don't advance the kingdom by putting down our brothers and sisters. We're the only military or army in the world that sees our brothers struggling or hit or, or down on the ground and finish them off and kill them. And I'm talking about metaphorically here. And so I feel that, you know, what has happened with Mike Todd, first of all, shout out, kudos to the way that, man, you've been on fire for the Lord, the way that you've been doing crazy faith and the things that God's been doing in your ministry. I mean, shout out for that. That's not easy. I know what it's like to be in your shoes as a pastor, as a minister, and have all of that and decision making is no joke. And it's so easy to criticize from the outside without even being there on the inside. So we got to give, you know, credit where credit is due. And it's to God, but also for someone who said yes. Um, Having said that, 
there are things that I think we do need to be careful in the body of Christ. And I've been saying this for years, particularly to our leaders internally, where very easily we can fall into fame and popularity and, 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 and being a part of the culture trend. And because it's coming out, you know, on Nike or CNN or ESPN or this famous celebrity said it, just because a famous celebrity said it is not Bible. Just because there's some popular preacher on the screen, it ain't Bible. And so we have to be able to still use discernment and discern, okay, this is cool. He's got grace. I like him. I like her. But does this match the word? And one of my concerns, you know, and honestly, I've been praying for him and for others. Same thing, you know, with the situation with Maverick is to remain grounded, to remain humble, to stay biblical, to stay focused on Christ. Like I'm okay with the swag, with the flavor, with the hype. That's dope. God is, is, is a joyful, awesome God. But we have to be so careful. So lately, there's been some edgy things that have been said. And, you know, I heard like the one where he talked about homosexuality and gender. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you heard about that yeah, one recently. Yeah. And kind of like he's like, I wish God would have done it different. So I believe, you know, in his heart, he means well. I believe he's tr what he's trying to say is like, man, I wish that you wouldn't, you know, it would be, wouldn't be wrong. But it came out so bad. Yeah. Like it comes out so wrong. Like, dude, you're going to tell me that you wish God would have done it a different way? Hell no. Mm -hmm. God's perfect. Mm -hmm. His design is perfect. Mm -hmm. He said man and a woman. He didn't he say man or man. He didn't say woman or woman. God don't make mistakes. And so that's the definition of perversion. Wickedness is to pervert and twist original intent. And the devil is the deceiver and the originator of twisting and perverting things that God originally designed and trying to make a copy of it in a whole perverted way. And so to not, you know, I have an issue with that. Yeah. I have an issue not with him, not with what God's doing through him. I celebrate that. I have an issue with him or with anyone, including myself, who won't address things with truth, unapologetically, scripturally, the way it is and say, listen, this is what the scripture says, whether you like it or not. God is a God of love, but this is the truth. And the mm -hmm. truth is, God is not a God that is going to be, yes, he loves the sinner. Yes, he loves homosexuals, but he don't love the sin. It's That's the right. practice, and it's wrong, and it's not biblical. It's anti-nature, anti-Christ, anti-God. I don't care who says it. I don't care what mm -hmm. preacher says it. I don't care what bishop says it. They can preach it as loud as they want. They can have their, 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 their veins popping out of their mouth. They can spit. They can do hula hoops in, their, in <laughs> how they preach it. I don't care where they come from. It's just not biblical. It's mm -hmm. not God's will. God loves us. He loves the sinner. So I think that he was trying to communicate that, but it definitely was not communicated right. And if I were him, I think I would come back and clear up and say, hey, look, I know I said this, but what I mean to say is, is that on God's side, God decided and it's a no, you know, and Correct. the Holy Spirit's the one that's got to deal with you with that. That's and right. I feel like also the enemy knows what, ministry or what church or what pastor is like you know on fire you know and he's aiming for that especially when like for example like imagine if a random church in idaho the middle of nowhere you know a pastor goes up and says these things you know the media is never going to find out but of course it's coming from a globally known pastor that has all the social media, you know, likes and follows. And and what and I don't like is, is you got people that are religious Pharisees that don't celebrate all the good that exactly. God's been doing. Yep. And they're just waiting in a corner uh -huh. to catch him in some wrong act. Mm -hmm. yep. And I don't like that. It's clout. 
And it's so, just and so to, to, to put it balance, yeah, to put the balance to it, we can celebrate the good, but we can also say this is not right. Yeah, correct. That's uh, it's, right. It's it's a lot of a lot of stuff is going on right now, especially with you know, and it's the shootings, the transgender riots and attacks, and it's everything is blowing up. And I feel like in the spiritual realm, it's an alarm yeah. to Christians. Yeah. Because we we can't stay quiet, but at the same time, I feel like the spiritual realm is very loud for yeah. us to be in prayer. Can you to be believe secure. that it's a small percent in the LGBT, whatever, and, and XYZ, whatever it is they're at right now, and, and all the different things going on, it's a small percentage that's moving billionaire corporations. Exactly. Hollywood. I mean, you just saw what happened with Bud Light. They, yeah. ju they just lost over $5 billion, with a B, dollars, because of a decision that was made. Yeah. It's crazy. That's how strong the spirit realm is working, where a small percentile is, is tipping the scale on a vast majority that are not really for it. Crazy. But question. Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> so Mike Todd said what he said, right? And let's just say it was a human mistake. But what if there's something behind that? What if it was someone controlling him to say that? Look, once again, only God can judge the heart. Mm. We judge through the scriptures. Yeah. The heart, God knows we don't. But the Bible, we can test spirit. We can test you know, if this lines up to the word. Mm. And I cannot know what his intent was. Was his intention, you know, that he's dealing with personal things? Was mm. his intention that he's having second thoughts about it? Was his intentions that it was there all along? Is there people in his staff or in his church mm. that are, and therefore he cannot, you know, step on their toes mm. or he's going to lose people? There you, go. you don't know. it. Is it that he's at a level of popularity where now he's in a realm where if he says anything, he can get canceled. And maybe he's trying to, you know, go around the edges. Regardless, I think no matter how much favor God gives us, we need to be able to speak truth with love and say, listen, I love so-and-so. I'm a part of this community. I don't agree with their lifestyle because my Bible teaches me this. But that doesn't mean I can't hang with you. That doesn't mean that I can't support you and love you and pray right. for you and be your brother, be your sister. What about, like... For the people out there that follow him, that maybe are just like internet, you know, followers, M might not live in uh, Oklahoma, in Tulsa, but follow him 100% through social media, YouTube, watch his preachings. Like, when do you say, after these events, when do you say it's enough? Like, all right, like, you know, let's just go, let's go back to, I don't know if you remember when. He spit on his hand and he rubbed it on the guy's face. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's just the Easter, their Easter event. They had um, uh, Kesha. I don't know if you remember Kesha. This uh, secular music playing, and they were talking about their butts and things like that. And they had this woman hung up on a cross and like doing this whole. It was almost like just watching the little clips on on TikTok. It was like I was at a concert on Easter in their church but um going back to the question like what when do you think it's enough i think that we times are changing and we're not going to reach people the way that we reached them before however the bible doesn't change the word of god is the same yesterday today and forever so the principles of the word remain the same 
the way to reach people does adapt and transform. And I think he's been very creative. And once again, kudos to that. And has reached a lot of people because of the creativity. And I think that's the intent is to reach the people that normally wouldn't come to just, you know, uh, you know, traditional type church. But we got to make sure that we are progressing and advancing the gospel, not digressing it by coming away from the values and the principles of the word. So, that's good. you know, we need to be able to be creative, but have boundaries and our boundaries are written. It is written. And so if there's anything that's going against the nature, the character, the will and the word, it needs to be discarded. So can we still be creative? Of course, and still be pure? Absolutely. And I think being vulnerable and genuine helps with that. You know, like, like you know, if, if there was something that was provocative, like why? Like what was the purpose? Is mm-hmm. there intent in it? You know, so I think that they're walking on the edge mm-hmm. and they need to be careful because very quickly it can just fall. Exactly. And talking about, you know, you know um, seeing things from other ministries and everything. Um, and of course, tell us a little bit about your history. How many years were you in the in church um, when you first started the leadership till now? How many how many years have you been in the ministry? And what I mean, type of experiences have you I've been pastoring for over 20 years. Okay. I started really young. Um, and the church that I started pastoring in, I first started pastoring the youth and we ended up with from 60 youth to two, 3,000 youth. It exploded in a year or two. It was one of the largest youth ministries in, in, in America at the time. And the church that I pastored ended up becoming one of the fastest growing churches, went from a couple hundred to 10, 15, 20,000 people. And, you know, millions I of, mean, from that, you know, passion and fire. And honestly, you know, if I be real and candid, I never thought that that ministry will get to the point where it is right now. And that's a whole nother topic because, sure. you know, that's home, that's family. And it hurts to see, you know, the body of Christ affected with the things that just happened in recent years. Correct. And uh, so that's where I learned to take the good from the bad. Mm. That's where I learned to value the, the treasure of God and people and pray and love people through their mess. Because I come from a situation of great glory and great manifestation, great power, but some, you know, tough situations. There's so many um, young leaders nowadays, like what would be an advice to, to give to young leaders, young pastors, young youth leaders that are in the ministry right now, let's just say struggling or battling with fear, or feel like they can't and they can't endure this, uh, you know, pastoring or, or leadership, like what, what, what advice would you give them? Bro, pray. <laughs> I mean, prayer is so powerful, Simple. dude. Like we go away from the word once again, like we're trying to be cool and hip and get the next clickbait, Right. But reality is, man, you know, if from, you know, from, from the beginning of time, um, when I first got saved, the reason why I was able to go 10 years single <laughs> and not go back you know, to booty, not go back to the club, you know, not <laughs> go back to weed, topic. not <laughs> go back to porn, not go yeah. back to all of that junk. The reason why is, man, I learned immediately when I got saved, I started hitting up prayer at 5 a.m. And I mean, I was a teenager just going to prayer every day. And man, I would be so filled with God and that was my fuel. So I had learned at a, at a, at a young age, my foundation in God. And so that's number one, my foundation in prayer in the word. And I think you for getting away from that. It's, it's more about trend and, and style and hip and swag and drip 
And that's that's all good. But if in, in inside there's not that connection with God, it don't matter how holy you think you are. The devil will come and will come like a like a tidal wave. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Keeping it simple, you know, really loving your word, embracing your word. Like I know it sounds cliche, but it's just it's so powerful that when you go away from it, living a lifestyle of fasting, like I love to fast. I love to, you know, you know, and yeah. And at a more practical level, I think that, you know, if we want to stay on fire for God, we, we need to, I think social, I think media is so powerful that we need to do more of this. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to connect with other brothers, have conversations um, and continue to move that creative needle f- forward. Um, having panels, having conversations, iron sharpening iron. And I think being vulnerable with each other. Because mm. when you start isolating yourself and being alone, you become a target to the enemy. You know, it's like shark. When they attack, they look for fish that's hanging out of a rock. Mm-hmm. And that's when they attack. So That's good. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Good. Yeah. Um, when you... When you came from ERJ, what, how, was that, how was that transition from being a youth pastor to start like traveling the world and seeing new places and now starting to, let's just say, pastor a nation in a way because different cities you go, there's different people that you meet and you start connecting and uh, you know, staying in touch. Like, how did that? Bro, how my, was that transition? I think my, I think my favorite thing to do is travel and preach the word. Yeah. I think this has been the longest time of not traveling, and God is wise because I went to over thirty nations in, in in over twenty years now, preaching the gospel around the world, and I've seen some crazy things, miracles, healings, and so many different things. But, um, you know, I love seeing the gospel touch the ends of the earth. And I think that God planted us in Atlanta um, to be able to kind of create an experience of heaven on earth within a culture. Um, But I very much foresee us, again, being on the road, my wife and I and the family, as we continue to raise up leaders at SE and continue to pastor and father. But um, I really feel that a big part of my life is is on social media like this and and really traveling around the world doing revival nights and, and encounters and 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 business i love to do business and and produce for the kingdom and and see souls get saved so yeah traveling is a big part of my heart and my life i come alive you know every time that i go and come back you know to sc i feel like i have more to give you know i learned many years ago uh my apostle he would he would travel and he would come back with this anointing, man, and just this glory. And after he would stay for a while, he says, I feel, he would use these words, my mantle shrinking. And what he meant by it is, is that, you know, when you're in the pastoral, people become familiar with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Pastor Andy. That's and, good. You know, that's Pastor <laughs> Rebecca and whatever. And so people get familiarized. Mm-hmm. And so when you go out, there's a refreshing, there's like your mantle, so to speak, expands. And and even when you guys go out to travel with us, you begin to see like, wait, wait, wait a minute. This is, I see what God does here in person. But when I go out, it's like, whoa, it's, it's bigger than what I thought. Mm-hmm. And then when you see people hungry and appreciative, it's like, oh, dang, wait a minute. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I, didn't, I, never, I never saw it like that. You know what I mean? So having exposure is important. It's almost like things are coming in full circle because you were a pastor. Now you're trapped. Then you started to travel. 
and then you know in a little bit you can share a little bit more about how God took you to open up a church here in Atlanta but it's almost like pastor travel pastor and now God is opening up doors for you to travel again yeah that's cool it's like yeah, a it full is. circle but you know exposure going back to what leaders can do exposure is very important like you know they got uh you know there there was uh crocodiles that they had in i think it was um in in a certain part of the world and they would grow up to like a certain amount of feet i don't remember if it was four or five feet but when they put them in a different habitat i think it was in africa they started growing like seven eight nine ten feet wow. so exposure to habitat can bring increase in expansion and growth mm -hmm. so it's so important that we have exposure you know, like, for example, I, you're about to get married, you, you know, and ready to tie the knot. And you know yes, what sir. I mean? What you think, the brother? Hold on to your horses, bro. Buckle your seat. Uh, Any, advice? Any advice? Stay tuned. The advice is coming. The next, next episode. <laughs> exposure is another key for, for leaders, young leaders, to, you know, even in your marriage, like, you're about to be married. And I was telling, you know, Gabe and his wife to, to go to a marriage conference. You know, not just what my wife and I teach, but get exposure here, invest into yourself, into your personal growth and development. Like my, my son now, you know, I have him in some personal development to prepare him to, for him to do whatever he wants physically in training. And the same thing needs to be for our marriage. We've got to invest into it. Mm -hmm. And share a little bit, cause you kind of told us a little bit about your, you started a podcast talking about, um, Sex and love? Love and sex. Love so, yeah. and sex. So I've been, you know, for many years, I had an online school and, and I also did, you know, different uh, times we had, did Heaven on Earth podcasts and different things like that. But um, it's been really tugging in my heart, especially in this season with so many things that are going on in the world and in the media and in the news. And I'm like, man, I feel like God is putting so much in me to say and I'm just not saying it. I'm not getting out there. And I, I feel that there's value to give especially when things that are out of balance. So we started, uh, again, um, my podcast, just Andy Argues podcast. And the first one is on love and sex. Mm. And so... Fire topic. Yeah, so How my wife and I... Huh? How did that go? Bro, I loved it. Like, I so loved talking about that because my wife and I, we just were real talking about the problems in, you know, in marriage and, you know, one of the big, you know, issues in, in marriage, you know, when, when it comes to communication and sex and porn and... You know, and even talking about how when people have had multiple partners in their past and doesn't meet their expectations mm -hmm. in marriage and yep. all these different battles that go on and why so many marriages are failing. So, I mean, you got to check that out. First episode coming out. And uh, I think that um, being real, being authentic is going to be important to help young marriages like you guys say, listen, there's still people that are that are ride or die, that are holding. I mean, I love my wife more than I love her when I first married her. I mean, we are like bumping and grinding like never before. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we just like uh, eating each other up. Like, man, I'm telling you, it's getting better <laughs> like and better. Like a buffet. Like a buffet. I mean, it just gets better and better. And I mean, we're going on year 15. I mean, if we don't be careful, we're going to pop out child number five, number six. So, <laughs> so, so, I mean, I think it's very important. So, you know, like I was saying, you're, and you're actually describing what you guys actually live and practice. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you guys have been a role model and for me and my wife. Uh, but how did you feel when you know when your your pastor, your apostle, went through that that situation? How did you feel in that situation? Oh, that's tough, man. This is such a long story, and I I think that you know there's details that 
you know, you just, you keep in-house and as a family, yeah. right? Because I'm, my DNA is built to honor. Correct. And so uh, to me, honor is to be able to see the good without stumbling on the bad. Correct. And I think we all have areas of weaknesses. And if the truth be told, if God were to display all of the things that we've gone through, um, a lot of us would be in a hot mess, right? God's yeah. been merciful to all of us, right? But the truth is, is that the situation there in Miami, it was didn't happen overnight. That's something that was going on for many years in terms of different challenges and different battles. And it was something that, you know, everyone around would pray for many years for God to bring intervention and bring, you know, different things to the world. Everything was just amazing, right? Correct. And, the glory and the power, everything was phenomenal. But internally, we were praying for many years so that it wouldn't get to that point. But unfortunately, you know, it got to a point where there was no point of return. So uh, in a ministry where, you know, there's so much influence and everything, and they knew they were going through these issues, why didn't they ever put a stop to it? For instance, for me, like, you know, if I'm sometimes in being straight up, you know, we're here talking truth. Mm -hmm is that sometimes when I'm having issues with my wife, I don't even want to go to church mm -hmm. <laughs> because I feel like, you know, I don't want God to expose me or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So why is it that, you know, these people with so much influence and, you know, they're connected to God and all these things that let it run so much in so many years? Because, you know, same thing with the situation with Benny Hinn, right? Yeah. You get to a point where you're walking with God so much and God is using you so much it's so easy to forget, you know, where you came from, how it started, and how we have to stay grounded. Yeah. And it's dangerous when, um, you know, on both sides, I'm not picking any side, by Correct. the way, on both sides, it's dangerous when any person um, begins to think that one can't be accountable or um, one, you know, can't hear a no or one can't get feedback and you... It, you don't hear, you know, the feedback that's coming back. It's dangerous. Yeah. Like, no matter where you at, and the higher you go up, the harder it is because your circle gets smaller. Your trust in your inner circle, people backstabbing you, doing your own, trying to use you for money. That's what happens to celebrities. So they have, they can't just trust anybody. So it's not easy for them to really be vulnerable and open up without being judged, criticized, backstabbed. So they tend to kind of keep that superhero cap, or the pride and the ego from I'm this or I'm that. And so when any of those factors come in, whether you like it, you know, you can be anointed and pray for hours and God will use you powerfully. But if there's desire in there, it'll creep up if you don't kill it. That's good. You know, like, like you don't crucify devils, you cast them out. Mm. You don't cast out flesh, you crucify. Mm. So you can be free of devils, but if you don't keep crucifying that flesh, them devils are coming back in. And, you know, the flesh is desire. And so... If there's something that you like and you entertain, it's not a, it's only a matter of time that the opportunity comes for it to come out. And I think that if you don't deal with it and you kind of just think because God is using you that it's okay to continue writing on, it'll catch up. doesn't matter who it is. And God had a lot of mercy for many years, um, but the pressure became so strong spiritually, worldwide, financially, ministry, in their marriage that I think they just couldn't handle it anymore. And I think... It's like if we have cracks in our foundation, eventually, you know, the whole thing will crack. And so they're both men and women of God that I love, that I admire, that I respect. Um, that doesn't mean I agree with everything, the way that it went down and the way things have happened. 
but I still have in my DNA the ability to honor. As a matter of fact, was able to go back and love on him and and, and be grateful to both of them, um, and and I, I will continue to do so. You know, Most definitely. And I think people back then would criticize them because they didn't agree, and they were just looking for a way to, to judge. And as soon yeah. as that they have their fall. Yeah. Not everyone's a judge, but on the contrary, God, you know, God actually took me out of King Jesus before all of this happened. Mm, correct. And and I got a lot of flack for that. I was judged. Yes. I was rejected. I was, you know, kicked out of circles. People around the world that started looking at us like rebels and all this kind of mm. stuff. And I'm like, dude, number one, we're, we're, we're following the Holy Spirit. We left with honor mm-hmm. and we continued on. We've never spoken bad. Like, what's going on? We're like, we're in the same body. We're brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in Christ. We're not Correct. enemies. But w- what was key for us was guarding our hearts and once mm-hmm. again, living just the Bible. Correct. And so now that this came full circle, I'm not about to go back now and say, I'm going to go against the word. No. Now when people want to talk crap, mm-hmm. you all show right, love. now we're going to show love. Correct. Correct. So, and yeah. would you say... Um, I mean, to answer a little bit of what Gabe was asking, like, would you say your problems shouldn't stop you from doing God's works in in ministry or, you know, whatever that a person is battling, like, that shouldn't stop you from doing what God has called you to do? If I do, then I wasn't looking at Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was looking at man, and that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From one side, it may, you know, it could be desire, it could be, you know, fractures that one doesn't address. It could be pride and ego, or it could also be liking idolatry, liking that attention and worship that it gets to one's head. And from the other token is, are you idolizing a man? Like, are you putting your eyes on men? Like, we can respect men and women and love them, but it's Jesus in them. It's It's the God in them that we love, that we value, that we appreciate. Yeah, I think for so many years, I just saw, like, ministry was like number one for everyone you know and and i think uh from what i've learned from you uh is that you know after god is our family yes if we don't take care of our family yes literally we're not doing anything we're we're, we're failures yeah Mm -hmm. like you you know winning to me is god first then my wife then my kids and i'm not perfect i make mistakes as a father as a husband as a pastor, as a leader, but I own up to it and I recognize when I'm wrong and I apologize, whether it's to my wife, to my kids, to God, I keep myself accountable to make sure that I stay humble or I stay you know, true to my word and, and, and when I make mistakes, be quick to repent, be quick to get it right. And like even preaching, I don't like to go up to the pulpit and preach if there's an issue with my wife and I. Exactly. I like to fix it before, at least the very least, say, listen, I'm sorry. I don't want to go preach like this or listen, I'm mad at you right now. Like I'm ticked off. Like you've really, you know, and, and vice versa. She can be mad at me, be upset or whatever. I don't want to talk, but we deal with it as quick as possible. Like, what do you, what do you guys say when you told, you told, so <laughs> you we told me and Chino, we have this thing. This is trademarked, right? <laughs> this is trademarked. You can't take this. And you can't take this and name it and claim it. Right. <laughs> but we have this thing that whenever we, we start getting like, you know, upset or hot or mad or whatever we say hey go back to sexy (laughs) go back to sexy you know so it kind of like knocks us out and we start laughing and jiggling you know a little bit so we're kind of like okay yeah we're getting stupid yeah yeah, most definitely but um going back to it but how did you feel when not only the 
it happened at let's just say uh in miami but things started happening at different uh ministries king jesus ministries around the nation almost like that similar it's almost like a similar spirit or attack it's so important and i repeat as much as i love apostle prophet it's so important that we remember when we fell to our knees we fell to our knees to jesus when we followed after Jesus, we followed his word. Our leaders, we imitate them as they imitate Christ. But we have to understand when things um, are not lining up that way, you know, we have to stay true to what we know is true without being disrespectful or dishonorable. And I think that if you're not able to identify that, then you will fear men over God. And I think out of the fear of men, people continue to follow things that maybe we're not. Let me be more specific, like family. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that God want, wanted us to be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday every single day. Amen. Um, <laughs> and, and, and disown our marriage time, our kids mm-hmm. and our family. Were they good things? Absolutely. Was it fruitful? 100%. Or were we out of balance? 1,000%. Yeah. So can we be fruitful and be balanced. Absolutely. And I, I think that it starts in our home. It starts in our marriage. It starts in our life. And what I love about the ministry there, it taught us to love God passionately. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. It taught us to be sold out and dedicated. Correct. Nobody can criticize that man or that woman in that ministry for their passion and their hunger and their dedication. And their soul. It was just the wisdom of being able to know how, when to balance, when to rest and all of that. And I think I had to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. I had to learn the hard way. And to understand if I'm like the first year of my marriage, we, my wife and I could have easily got divorced yeah. because if it weren't the Holy Spirit teaching us, not what maybe we were seeing, but what the Bible was showing us and what God was telling me, I was able to obey him and start changing my mindset and honoring her and start resting and start, you know, having date night and start going with the family out. If I don't make those changes, my, my family, my marriage doesn't make it either. Mm. So you can't be married to the ministry. You have to be married to your wife. That's right. Why don't you share um, that? It's like a, it's almost like a life-changing event that happened for you, and you shared it to your your leadership. Um, I think it, it's on the lines of you were in a hospital and God encountered you. That was um, my before and after. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, like I'm a ride or die, right? And to this day, you know, I honor him and her. And, and even though, like I said, I don't agree with everything, but I love them. And I'm only going to speak blessing and life mm-hmm. over people that I'm so grateful how much they've poured into me. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I realized one year I had an ulcer and I had internal bleeding and um, I almost died. And I bled to where I dropped, my blood dropped to like a five or six. It was almost to the point of like a mm-hmm. seizure or heart attack. And um, I fainted. I was taken to the hospital. The only time I've been into a hospital, thank God. Um, And so I'm there. The devil's telling me I'm going to die. I'm at four in the morning. I have a tube in my throat. I'm praying in tongues because I can't even really hardly speak. And I'm just, you know, four in the morning, demons just telling me I'm going to die. You're never going to see your kids and this and that. And, And there, all of nowhere, I had an encounter with Jesus. The Lord appeared next to my bed and told me, son, it's going to be all right. Trust me. Just rest and me. I got this. And I just felt like all these demonic powers just started leaving that room. And the peace of God just started coming. And I started to rest in God. But what really hurt me was the fact that, you know, the people that I had given my life and served for so many years, Mm -hmm. 
the only ones that were really there by me were my family, my wow. my, my my wife, That's deep. my my son who was a baby at the time, my mom and dad, you know, my 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 family, mm-hmm. and it just hit me. And God told me, "Don't you dare get bitter, because mm. I allowed this to happen." So that you don't idolize a man or a woman or a ministry. Mm. You put me first in your life mm. and you haven't been doing that. You've been compromising. Mm-hmm. Man, I cried like a baby on that bed because I realized it was my own fault. Mm. It was my fault for fearing men and not fearing God. And so, you know, when you have that balance and when, you, when your leaders have that balance and there could be a reciprocal respect it's easier, but but that can go both ways. Because now you know one of the things that God had to teach me was is now don't go the ripple effect. Because people that go through that they go to the other extreme. Oh yeah. Now yeah. they don't want to go to church. Now yeah. everything is family. Now <laughs> you don't want commitment. You don't want accountability. You you want vacation and you, and that's just you know what we are. We're disciples. You know what a disciple is? We're disciplined ones. Oh yeah. So we're supposed to be disciplined. So your relationship with Apostle, you know, you went back. You know, you guys kind of like healed that relationship yeah most definitely um was there anyone else that when you had left the first time you know when you know decided to do your thing god called you um was there any other relationship that you had to heal as well from the ministry the thing is is that it hurt the way our transition happened Mm -hmm. because we put our love and our life into that Mm -hmm. and we don't feel that same love and honor was given reciprocally back in that transition. Correct. So that was very painful. So we had to forgive quickly to stay healthy in our hearts. Yeah. And from the moment I got off that pulpit when we were sent out, immediately I began forgiving. And I immediately, because I said, if I let this damage my heart, mm-hmm. this is going to contaminate my marriage, my children, my ministry, my life. I can't allow it. Yeah. So immediately I began to forgive. I chose love. I chose honor and I chose the cross. And that helped me to walk with a healthy heart, in my opinion, for years. Now, when I say healthy, I think it was a gradual healing process, even though I felt no pain or no hurt. But no matter what, you're human. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that helped me not to have any issues. Um, but there was someone, and I won't, you know, say the name, yeah. that. Um, spoke really badly Whoa. about me, mm-hmm. and when I came back, and 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 I knew that they were, because mm-hmm. uh, things oh, would come back just, to me. Uh, yeah, just. and uh, was somebody that was you know, relatively close. And when I went back and uh, was being ministered, came back to apologize wow. and told me, and I spoke so much, I spoke really badly about you, and yeah. I was wrong. And, I, I'm and really you guys sorry. were close again. And you know that was the beginning of a restoration, and mm-hmm. and you know I'm praying for them now and see if we can continue our journey. Yeah. And how was, um, from that transition, being sent out, why don't you share a little bit about when God planted you in Atlanta and told you to open up a church and the name Supernatural Culture, like, share a little bit about that. Bro, that was another really (laughs) hard season because, you know, here's this dude that is just, trying to obey God and now you're like this rebel coming in and now you know it was so hard to be able to launch the church I didn't know anyone here but the people that I guess knew me were starting to you know talk crap and it was just like dang so I had a few years of just blessing and loving and drama and us just not feeding the people that would come with God did you feel like there was a lot of people back in Miami or 
even globally, because a lot of people, a lot of churches knew you guys. The moment you guys announced that you were opening a church, do you felt that you didn't have so much support yeah, in a way? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, we, we were ministering to thousands, if not, you know, through TBN and, and CAPS and all that to millions of people. So all across the world, I mean, there was churches that knew us and then we were preached to. And then all of a sudden on one email, just boom, everything just shut down. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like what the heck is this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but we kept our eyes on the Lord and God called us to open up SC. We obeyed. Um, and it was the hardest thing we've ever had to do, <laughs> to be quite honest. Yeah. The hardest thing because not having the support, being you know looked at like this and then even the people that would come in bringing the feedback of what they would hear from other places and us just having to be like choose love and it took years to break that until our people began to realize wait a minute this is not what they're telling me this is not who they've said they are like years of being able to go into that and you know to this day you know five years later um just really the heart of god to see heaven come to earth i think uh do you would you say that most of your disciples that you had left over there were like the ones that actually supported you the most? Mm, yes no. and no. Yes and no. Wow. Some some uh, I I seem to have believed mm. the story and uh, looked different at us. Wow. Yeah. After so many years being with you, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Because I was not even under your, like, I was under your net, but I wasn't, like, your disciple. And, yeah. I, like, yeah, when I heard the rumors, I was like, nah. Yeah. That's not the pastor, Andy, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, never heard our side of the story. Correct. Wow. And so, um, and then there were people that knew what's up, and, you know, loved us no matter what, and that were happy for us. And there's a lot of people that love us and we love them when we go back home and to celebrate. It, you know, like I said, it's 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 it hurts to see what's mm-hmm. been going on, but God is the God of second opportunity. It's his church, it's his bride. And yeah. as long as we repent and get lined up, God will restore and lift up. And I still believe the best days are ahead for him, for her, for King Jesus, because at the end of the day, yeah. it's about the kingdom of God. That's right. And for talking you, about oh, go, go ahead, ahead, man. No, for you, um, how was like when when you go into talking about you know opening up a church like you know you see in ministry ministries now that you know somebody leaves and wants to open up a church like and how would you say like that you knew that this was from God and God was backing you guys up because you know we see it nowadays somebody leaves and they'll start something at their house their backyard at the park and it's just like so many you know they left, and it's like, all right, I feel like I need to open up a church. First of all, the people of God, we don't own them. Mm-hmm. They're God's people. We're stewards of what God gives us. So there are relationships, and there are you know, protocol and respect to authority and commitment. But I think that there needs to be, from the head down and from down up, um, a respect to authority, but also a respect... Um, uh, mutually because sometimes it's just like respect has to go upwards right Mm -hmm. but there's no respect sometimes coming downwards Mm -hmm. so it has to be reciprocal and I think that um, you know for example in my case 
I never wanted to leave to this day. Never, never asked to be taken out of King Jesus. You know, I was brought in and told that it was our time to travel and to fly. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, I was like, really? Uh, okay. I'm like, I, my words were like, are you sure? Like, I'm, I'm, are you kicking me out? Like, I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, I feel like there wasn't a space mm. to be able to open one's heart and say, this is what I sense the Lord telling me. What do you think? You know, can you support that? So, you know, I think that it would be great from leaders across the world, including myself, mm-hmm. to be able to understand that and to speak to the truth, to sons, to be like, I don't feel you're ready. Mm. I feel there's areas that you could grow in mm. if you allow yourself to mature. Did you did you think you were ready um, to be sent out, and, um, or you could have said, I felt you know, that my stay. season, I felt my season was shifting, uh-huh. but I was not going to do anything without the authority doing it. Mm. God had to speak to my authority. I was not going to do it on my own. Mm. However, I don't think there's anything wrong with someone opening their heart and saying, I'm sensing this, you know, can you pray for me? I believe God is transitioning me. I would love you. Because I believe God is the one that gives callings and giftings and purpose. And I think there's immature people that are not ready that want to jump the gun. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have to trust father and you have to trust leadership to guide you and to teach you. But then I think there's leaders that hold on too much and too long. Correct. And it's worse. Because I think that eventually they're just going to end up going if they're not, you know, they don't have the maturity and the character. And I'd rather, you know, teach the people and say, listen, you know, this is not easy. You know, this has a lot of situations. There's pressure. And there's areas of your life that I think need to be worked on. And I think if you're faithful, you know, maybe, you know, let's let's do a challenge. Let's Let's work together. Let me help you to grow maybe in the next year or three years or whatever to develop, you know. And then there's people because... I get it. There's leaders that are like, man, to send this person who's, just, they want to open a a, a a church and they can't even show up to a meeting on time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's they, right. They're, they're not even, they're not even tithers. They're not even, yeah. you know, giving in the kingdom. And now they want to go and be fruitful somewhere else. It's like, bro, like what the heck, you know? How can God but, yeah, back that up? Huh? How can God back that up? How can up? God back that up? So there's some things that you realize that like, dude, like chill, but if you want to go, and I think Having that balance to be able to say, I don't think you're ready, but if you want to go, I release you. That doesn't mean that you're a rebel and I'm going to X you out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray for you and you know I'm here for you if you need me. And from the other token, not being big-headed and think because you got a few gifts and a few demons coming out and you can call people's social security out and now you think you're a big shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you still need to be under authority and be accountable. Correct. I mean, from my point of view, I don't want those shoes. <laughs> I, in, this pers- in the perspective of this, Pastor, like just knowing that you have to care genuinely for every person in the church and care for every need they have, that's crazy to me. <laughs> it's grace. If you don't got it, it'll yeah. kill you. Exactly. And I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically, but it can kill yeah. you in the sense of, of stress and pressure mm-hmm. and all of that. And, you know, I, I have a heart of a pastor. I love people, mm-hmm. you know, but I think my stronger grace is out in the nations it's revival it's evangelism it's a movement so my job in this season is to raise up other hearts with pastoral hearts for our local church and if there was people that when they felt there's been people within our leadership that have felt to their time to open a church and whatever and Mm -hmm. you know i bless them and i pray for them and i tell our people pray for them we ain't going to speak bad about them they're not rebels because Mm -hmm. they're going somewhere else like if you feel Happy that God has called you over there. Who am I to hold you back? You, don't, I don't own you. I don't own anybody. 
That's right. And regardless, if you're going to roll with me, I want it to be reciprocal love. I want it to be organic, not something you have to shove some down someone's throat because that's not leadership. That's manipulation mm -hmm. and fear. Yep. And I feel like you've always taught that. Um, you've always taught your leaders, your church on, you know, honor and how, you know, leaving in honor and it's it's a respect. And um, I remember you gave an example of uh, to me once, like you'll know um, someone who is in honor, like when you invite somebody into your house, they're coming through the front door. So the moment they leave through the back door, it's like something was off. Something's iffy. I mean, it's biblical. Yeah. You know, even there's there's references to that of how the enemy comes through the back door and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord comes to the front door. Yeah, it's it's about respect. They're like mm -hmm. people have lost respect and protocol and ethics. Mm -hmm. Like you know, there's there's no there's not a, a, a that that mutual culture of honor, reciprocal, balance, yeah. biblical honor, not idolatry nor rebellion, biblical healthy honor. And people try to also sometimes call it you know, religious and want to pull out the card of being radical and being in, in the, the modern. And, you know, that was back then that you had to be sent out and this and that. Now I have all rights to, to be radical and be open and speak out loud. And if I want to leave, I'll leave. Like, I don't like, that's the old stuff, you know? And you can, but if you don't understand accountability, Mm -hmm. It'll be your. It, it can be it your, can your, be. your destruction. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, what's next for SC? What would you say? Um, what's coming? Share a little bit about maybe what God has been downloading into your spirit, and just give us some. You know, we go to SC, so and we're gonna have a lot of people, man, listening from SC. So, what what, what would you I, say? What's next for for your for the church, man? I I envision definitely seeing you know uh, leadership rising, young young adults, pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, leadership rising in the church to help care for the body. I can continue to see revival breaking out. You know, the prophets have spoken of a revival center. I still believe God to give us a revival center that will have a place to have school, you know, have interns, have arts, have, uh, you know, all different types of things, recreational. Um, I dream of being able to see a community come together, you know, a move of God. Um, and I, 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 I can envision rev a revival nights and crusades and miracles going across the nation tours, tour buses, and really reaching the, the most difficult places, activating, you know, and eventually having conferences, you know, that are, um, God knows where, stadiums or wherever the Lord wants us to be. But um, at the end of the day, it's about Jesus. It's about souls. It's about discipling. It's about advancing the kingdom of God. And and as well, I, I love, you know, I, I would love to buy homes and land and territory to give people homes and build businesses and create funds that we, that our church can have our own bank mm. and and you know and and lend and, and borrow and help people who have financial issues and mm -hmm. just empower not just in a spiritual sense but really shift the dynamic economically mm -hmm. you know in these last times and i really feel that even in you know god is i even feel that the financial spectrum is shifting and there's a digital currency that is coming at hand and it's coming quickly. 
And I was just, I haven't even made this public. I was just um, accepted as a senior ambassador for one of the upcoming coins called Phil Coin. Mm. And yeah, man. And uh, so I'm, I'm actually one of the senior ambassadors. So you have the CEO, uh, uh, Jerry and, and Dunstan, who's like, he's like a Bitcoin guru. Like he was one of the original investors into Bitcoin. So, I mean, he's worth, I don't know how many billions of dollars from my understanding is. Mm. And then there's an inner core of senior ambassadors. And so, um, right now this coin is at one cent Mm. and anyone who buys in this moment right now, man, as soon as that bullish market comes, I mean, I feel, and I believe people are going to turn into millionaires overnight. And I, Mm. I feel prophetically, and I feel the conversation shifting right now. I feel prophetically that this is the season in this moment where people hear God and invest into land, into property, into stocks, into uh, cryptocurrencies, the right ones. Um, People's lives are going to change forever. And the most millionaires ever birthed are going to happen during this season. There's a nesting of multi-millionaires. And I feel that millionaire status will be the new normal for those who obey the instructions, whether they're Christian or not. They follow that gut feeling of what God's putting in them to do. And I'm telling you, man, this is the moment. There's still opportunity right now in this bearish market to really invest. And, you know, if you haven't done so, check it out. Do your homework. Phil Coin. I'm praying for it. Like, these are real, these are men and women of God. Like, this is like, like I have a firsthand experience. Like, you know, we meet every Friday and on Fridays. I see them praying, the, the, the leadership, the ambassadors of all of this. And so I really believe, you know, just that coin going from one cent to a dollar, five dollars, bro, it's a big time thing. Mm. And I believe that God's going to shift the economy of the church because mm. the gospel is going to need more reach power to, in these last days. I have a question. Um, since we jumped into that topic, I was actually um, talking about this the other day at, at the gym with uh, a fellow believer. And we were sharing, he, he was talking to me about how years back he invested a lot and he was unsure. He asked me a question and I couldn't even answer him, but um, maybe you, you know, give us an answer. But for him, he lost so much money on um, when it comes to, uh, you know, going into, I guess, what's called options and those quick turnarounds, Mm. not the long-term investing, which is like stocks and, you know, you can, buy and hold for so many years or IRAs, uh, you know, and things like that. And, but how do you, how do you feel that, or, or what do you think God feels about, um, those like, cause he's, he's somewhat put it in, in other words, as like gambling. No, it's almost like no. you're throwing your money and then all gambling, of a sudden gambling is it. just chance. Yeah. When you have strategy, it's investment. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the difference. Okay. Yeah. So, even in those, even in those, uh, there's always the risk. Yeah, of course, there's always the risk. Now, for example, me, my portfolio, I have um, about ten different cryptocurrencies that I'm invested mm-hmm. into, including Philcoin. And Philcoin, I'm, I'm invested more. Mm-hmm. I never asked to be a senior ambassador. I just been praying, but I really believe in it because it's philanthropy. It's giving back. It's literally mm-hmm. a, a coin that's going to help the church be sovereign in the end times, and and it's powerful because. You know, it's an opportunity for believers around the world to get in at it's so cheap. I mean, if you put right now, let's say a thousand dollars in there and it's at one cent and that thing goes to, 
you know, 10, you know, 10, 20, 34. I mean, your money's going to triple, quadruple. And I mean, it's only a matter of time. Like right now, the Fed's in December. It's crazy, bro. Like, I don't want to go into into <laughs> conspiracy theories. Like, I feel the longer we talk, the better the conversation is getting. <laughs> Most definitely. But we're going to have to, you're going to have to cut this and make a yeah. part two out of this. But, we'll but just a, last week or just recently, the cash app owner was stabbed to death in Whoa. San Francisco. No way. No way. Yes way. And what's crazy, like, I don't want to bring no conspiracy theories here. I have no proof or evidence. That. But um, it just so happens that in July, the federal government is coming out with its own version of what would be similar to a cash app. Okay. It's, they're moving to a federal digital coin where you can basically transact in a similar way. So it's a coincidence. I don't know. I'll leave it at that. But... So you're you know, saying? You, so you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> no, I mean it's where, horrible for someone to just be killed like that randomly. I don't know where. Knifed out of nowhere in San Francisco, like bro, that's that's some crazy stuff. God bless their family. But um, the point that I'm trying to make is, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. I'm gonna tell you why it's gonna happen. This I think this is why the senior. That's why they've wanted me to be in the senior ambassador as an ambassador is to just really speak prophetically of what mm -hmm. God is showing me because. I, I shared it with one of the senior ambassadors before that happened. I was telling him, I said, listen, it's not a matter if, it's, it's a matter of when, it's, it's going to happen because this is the thing that right now, Russia, China, India, and, mm -hmm. and, and someone else, they just joined together. Yeah, I heard about right? that. And so um, these are world powers. So the, you know, the world is awakening right now to the, to the digital world. So what happens is this is going to become national security now for the United States because you know, they say peace through, you know, power, right? Or, or power through peace or whatever it is that they use. In other words, the point is, is that through strength and how one of our strengths is not just our military, is the finances. So if we're not ahead, the next to me, the next moon experience, Neil Armstrong experience is cryptocurrency. Like to the moon, Alice, in other words, we need to beat Russia and the world to the front lines of the crypto, of, of the currency, digital currency world, because it's <clears> coming. You know, like banks and all that. Like you just saw what happened with the banks crashing yeah. yes. overnight. So um, we as Christians, we have to be smart. We have to diversify our income. And Jesus said in scriptures, like Jesus talks so much about money and about investments in scripture. Because he wants us to understand that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of seed. And so he says, if you don't, if, if you don't put your seed to use, at least you could have put it into the bank to at least bring some interest back. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I've diversified into that, into stocks. But when it comes to, to strategy, you do got to do your homework and research and know strategy and risk management. That's a whole b another ball game. Yeah, because, um, you know, yeah, we, we went into that topic and it was it was more of like he 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 was just he's been down for so long because he invested so much, but he lost it so fast. Yeah. And it wasn't long term investments. It was. He wanted that, uh, you know, fast quick gain, quick gain, so, that boom. So, number one, diversify. Yeah. You know, your, the portfolio, crypto. I have long-term stocks. I have long-term crypto. And then daily trading, I've tried different strategies. And there's things that have worked for me. And there's things that have not worked for me. What I've noticed personally is when I have my rules, like these are my strategies, this is my risk management, these are my profit and my gains. This is when I'm getting out. This is when I'm getting in. If you stick to that, eight out of ten times I win. Mm -hmm. When I get out of that, 
And it happens to mm -hmm. me because the like when you start seeing a thousand, two, three thousand dollars and increasing in thousands and it's growing, you're like, bro, this can go up even more. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, bam, it drops. So the more disciplined you are in that, when you talk about options and you talk about daily investments, the more money you'll make in the long run because mm -hmm. you start accumulating. Mm -hmm. And we, we want the quick hit, we want the big home run. Yeah, just it was funny because today I was actually on Twitter. And this uh, this Senate uh, guy posted a um, it was like a break you know anything nowadays there's so many breaking news so as I'm scrolling I'm reading guy says I read his uh, his tag and it's is a Senate guy and he puts breaking news uh, the U S uh, federal government has announced the new dollar bill and it was a twenty dollar bill <laughs> so I was like. I laughed a little, but then I was like, <laughs> oh, like that's, it's what it's coming down to. Correct. Cause every, like now back in the day, like even from my personal experience, like oh, just having $20, you, you could do stretch it and you could do so much mm. with it. But nowadays it's like, even if we're talking big now, like even just having a hundred dollars, it feels like it's a $5 bill. Yeah. Uh, Ten dollar bill. Yeah, and it's gonna continue to happen in these end times. And and watch out for artificial intelligence. You saw that? Did you hear about the that? Chat GPT. Did you hear about that? The 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 bot talking about it's gonna look to destroy humanity. Did you no, hear about that? No, I have not. Yeah, man. The actual <laughs> AI bot talked about destroying humanity, and it looked up the, the biggest nuclear bomb ever exploded by the I believe it was the Russians. So that's some crazy stuff right there. Like the way that we're heading to as as a world, man. Buckle up, bro. Elon Musk said something about somebody needs to stop AI yeah. before it destroys Talking us. about the end of the world. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of like shifting a little bit of the conversation, but focus on that, the end of the world. What do you, what do you say as a pastor to those that are, are church hurt? That, you know, they hear, oh, it's the end of the world. They're just like, that's not going to happen. What's not going to happen? The end of the world. Well, the Bible doesn't say that the world's going to end. Mm -hmm. The Bible actually says that the world's going to be renovated. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the difference between the world ending and the age, the dispensation or the time period mm -hmm. of Christ's return. Mm -hmm. So the world earth as we know it is supposed to be renovated with fire and the you know, with and a whole new Jerusalem coming down to descend on the Mount Zion where Jesus will rule and reign with us. For eternity but um as far as the shift of the age changing towards what we call the bible calls the great tribulation and what is you know the coming of the lord and all of that what do i have to say about that it's coming mm -hmm. buckle up buckle up because you know the popcorn is is real like the more you walk and live, the more you be like, the things that you used to say were conspiracy theories or like, it ain't going to happen. You're like, wait a minute, dang, that could happen? Mm -hmm. Like, yo, <laughs> this is happening for real? Like, God is so funny. Like, he's literally bringing the Bible to life through That's pop culture, through science, through all kind of ways where people before were like, you know, the chip. Like, it ain't going to happen. People mm. already, you That's know, all they talk they're about rocking now. chips now. Now they're talking about maybe, maybe, maybe the chip is the, is the artificial intelligence. They're talking about that now, you know, and... You know, whether, like, who cares how it's going to be? Like, it's going to happen, yeah. you know? You may not know that, and, and people that, that that think that, you know, just because it's been over 2,000 years and Jesus said he's coming soon and he hasn't come yet, listen to me, man. 
the more we live this life, the more we realize how real it's getting. And the main thing is, is not knowing when, because no one knows the day or the hour, but it's being ready and having that urgency and living right before God today. That's all we got is today. That's right. That's good, man. This, this needs a part two. Most definitely. Um, you kidding me? Like, there's been like <laughs> three, four, five parts in this whole thing, man. I feel like this is a movie. <laughs> nah, we need to continue this, but man, Pastor Andy, thank you so much. Yes, sir. For, you know, it's an honor for us to do this and start this journey and we wouldn't want it to have a, a, a guest other than, you know, to be our first honor you as our pastor and and for, um, and for clearing the air, a lot of people were, you know, are, were curious of yeah. what happened over there at ERJ. And I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth in my podcast. Oh, uh, most yeah. definitely. Because I have never spoken as much yeah. like I am right now. Yeah. And I feel that I owe it to, a to, to a lot of people to know my side of the story. I think that'll bring a lot of healing to a lot of yeah, people. Because I just, I, I've kept the, the way of honor. Yeah. And I think that there's another side of honor, which is yeah. being vulnerable yeah. in an honorable way. Correct. And, and we'll right. drop the 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 link to his podcast on the description so you guys can join in and follow and subscribe. And But, um, man, before we leave, you were talking about the coin. Where can um, fellow believers buy that or purchase that? So let me what send software? you, let me send, so you, you'll download it through the app, uh-huh. Philcoin. Okay. Um, and um, there's some big news coming that okay. they've shared with me already internally in terms of certain countries and in terms of certain ways of getting the coin. So it's growing every day. And what I love the most is, like I said, I'm in these inner meetings and they're Christians and believers that love Jesus, that pray in the Holy Ghost, that have churches, that are pastors, that are movers and shakers. And um, I, I really believe we've, we've got a shot to really make an impact financially and spiritually. So Philcoin, you can look it up, and um, I can send you the referral of mm-hmm. how people can ag- actually register and, and be able to Fire. to be a part Still of that, it. man. Yeah. Any last words? Yeah, just shout out your Instagram, Pastor. Andy Arguez. Instagram is Andy Arguez. Uh, my YouTube channel, Andy Arguez, and podcast, Andy Arguez. All right. You heard it here. Um Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I don't know about that um, lechuga sign, though. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. We got more more episodes to come. We definitely got to be back with our Pastor Andy soon. Next there, time, there's got to be more time. Necesito un cafecito cubano. Yeah, we got we'll to. We'll do it. We we'll make it happen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.